good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack. Don't forget to like this video and please do subscribe to the channel or podcast. To remind everybody, we have a new website up, which is www.thaiexpatdailyshow.com. Please visit the forum there when you get a chance. And before we jump into today's show, I want to remind people that this Sunday we will be having the weekly Q&A. So if there's any questions or anything that you'd like to ask, uh, I'll happily answer them uh, on the show on Sunday. So let's jump into today's top stories. Now, to start off, uh, we'll just look at the daily COVID numbers. Uh, From yesterday, there were 6,087 confirmed cases in Thailand, along with 61 deaths. This is the biggest single-day increase since the uh, COVID pandemic in Thailand, along with the biggest increase in deaths uh, since April of last year. So it is actually a worrying time here in Thailand. They don't seem to be getting to grips with the whole pandemic. I mean, they started off so well. I mean, they really, really, you know, kept the numbers low for nearly over a year. But since April and the Songkran Festival, it's all gone to shit. And uh, a lot of people are really asking what's going on. Um, There's no strict uh, lockdowns. There's no um, trying to deal with the situation. It's just letting it ravage the country right now. And uh, it's not boding well for a reopening, in my opinion, in October or November, if they do not do something soon to curb this. Also, there's news that um, the Thailand's main uh, source of vaccines uh, is through AstraZeneca, which is uh, uh, in partnership with CM Bioscience here in Thailand. Uh, Thailand were meant to get 6 million doses in June and then 10 million subsequently up until they got to 66 million. So now... AstraZeneca has come out and said for July, Thailand will only get four or five million of the 10 million and the same in August because apparently CM Bioscience can't actually uh, produce more than 15 million doses per month and they've got contracts with Taiwan, Philippines, Indonesia and other countries in Southeast Asia. So things are looking a little bit grim at the moment. So Thailand really need to figure a way out of this. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do, but we'll have to see. So yesterday was the opening of Phuket under the Phuket Sandbox model, which we have covered extensively over the last couple of weeks because it has been pretty much the top travel news for Thailand. Uh, Yesterday it reopened with 366 arrivals. And a story coming out of the Bangkok Post is discussing what the first two weeks are key to gauge the success of this. The first 14 days of the Phuket Sandbox Scheme will be a critical test run to pave the way to reopen other areas in southern Thailand, said the Tourism and Sports Minister. Pitipat Ratchapakan, the Tourism and Sports Minister, said 500 tourists booked tickets to travel to the island on Thursday for the reopening, but a delay in the certificate of entry process caused some of them to postpone their trips. The delay has been sorted, said Mr. Pitapat. By the way, you notice he doesn't apologise for the delay. An apology for their cocking things up would have been a start. Once tourists arrive, they must clear the travel document verification process and take a COVID swab test that should not exceed 30 minutes, he said. They can wait at their hotels for the results. The entire process upon arrival at the airport should take around two hours for a flight with 180 passengers, said Mr. Pitapat. Tourists are divided into six groups to disperse the flow at the airport. Officials from the Public Health Ministry are responsible for manual document checks for the first 14 days before an electronic process is adopted. 
The governor of the Tourism Authority of Thailand, Yutasek Supasorn, said passengers from four international flights on the first day totaled 366, with 25 arriving on Etihad Airways, 136 on Qatar Airways, 137 on El Al Israel Airlines and 68 on Singapore Airlines. However, passengers with Phuket Sandbox COE only totaled 322, with the remainder transit passengers or unvaccinated tourists. As of yesterday, 1,075 tourists had obtained COEs for the Phuket Sandbox scheme for the first seven days, Mr. Yutasek said. He said another 437 passengers are scheduled to arrive today, followed by 220 passengers tomorrow and 88 pass people on Sunday. A total of 396 tourists booked hotels yesterday and 596 are scheduled to check in today. Mr. Pitipat said, if there's no outbreak on the island for two weeks, the government will continue with its sealed route scheme on Koh Samui on July 15th, followed by Krabi and Panya in August. New infections are the biggest threat to the Phuket sandbox, as the island will have to stop accepting inoculated tourists if there are more than 90 cases uh, reported in one week. He said, if hospitals in Phuket cannot handle an emergency, the ministry and related agencies are prepared to meet, working to identify variants and prepare measures to cope with the situation. The Phuket sandbox cannot fail because we fought so hard to make it happen, Mr. Pitipat said. The plan provides hope for operators and raises confidence we are ready to bring back tourists. He said the deadline to reopen the country in mid-October depends largely on vaccinations, but the ministry will try to reopen Bangkok by that timeline. Now, it wasn't the big 1,500 that they had told everybody would be arriving. But of course, in order to have 1,500 people, you would have actually had to be organized and be ready to you know, have certificates of entry um, issued. And simply put, the Thai government were caught napping again. There's nothing unusual about that. I think a lot of us would know that's the case here in the country at the moment. Um, it's good to see tourists arrive, but I'm skeptical whether these people were actually tourists. Now, I was looking at the flights arriving and pictures of the people, and it seemed to be more, um, in my opinion, it seemed to be more people returning to Thailand who have been away for a while and never wanted to do that 14-day quarantine in Bangkok. I saw a couple of families, maybe... Um, a Western man with his Thai wife and two children and, and stuff like that. And I saw a lot of people like that who seem to be arriving. I'm not sure these are real tourists, but people who are, you know, using Phuket to enter Thailand so they can go back to their homes or get back to the country. So that's one thing. Um, yes, it's good that there are people arriving, but I would be worried about how they will handle it if they actually get busy at the airport. I mean, they're talking about taking two hours for a plane of a hundred and 80 passengers or something so i mean if you have seven or eight full planes arriving at the same time it could be mass chaos and i'm just wondering about the testing capabilities within the hospitals to get these pcr tests you know um analyzed and then the results issued i'm just wondering whether or not they actually have the capability to get that many tests done i'm not really sure they do um, only time will tell of course but you know if they're manually handling all the documents coming in it seems like it's going to be a very long drawn out process i mean if i arrive at an airport i don't think i want to be waiting two hours to get through the airport you know it's a long time you're being on the plane a long time you just want to get out so it seems like they're they're, they're just as usual with everything it's overly complicated i'm sure and 
you know, two hours for me would be a bit too long. Now, that's what they claim to say that it is, so we can't argue with their numbers. Um, also, seems to be a lot of talk about outbreaks and shutting this down. That doesn't inspire any confidence for people who are booking flights and booking holidays for, you know, the end of July or August. If they constantly keep going on about, well, if we have outbreaks, we'll have to shut it down straight away. I mean, why would people buy tickets and pay for hotels in advance with this constant worry that this is what may happen? I mean, you know, they need to be careful about the language that they're using as well. This is my opinion about it anyway. Uh, I keep going on about, oh, we'll have to shut it down if we have this or shut it down if we have that. I mean, in in that kind of scenario, I wouldn't be booking a flight. I'd be going, these guys don't know what they're up to, you know. And then about opening up Bangkok. I'm really sorry. Bangkok is in a mess right now. There's more COVID cases there than anywhere else in the entire country. And, you know, they're talking about vaccinations. And I said previously at the start of this show, you know, Thailand are now going to start losing about 10 to 12 million uh, vaccinations in the next couple of months because of uh, AstraZeneca's failure to supply Thailand. So, And there's no other vaccines coming from anywhere else unless they get some of this Sinovac. But Sinovac is just not being... I mean, the experts in Thailand are kind of saying, stop buying the stuff, it's not that good. So we'll see as well. Uh, I had AstraZeneca myself uh, yesterday, which is why I didn't get a chance to reply to many comments on the page, because actually I, I got kind of sick after it, you know. I was a little ill for about an hour after taking it, and it was okay then for a while, and then, all right, during the evening, but at night time I couldn't sleep at all, and I woke up this morning then when I did sleep, I uh, felt like I'd gone, you know, 10 rounds with Mike Tyson, <laughs> you know, and he definitely won, but yeah, it wasn't uh, the best feeling in the world, but at least I got a vaccine and, you know, um, you know, I can continue now to be able to, you know, get on with doing things here in Thailand. One of the big problems I have is that I live in Panya uh, province, but I actually live in Phuket. So every time I need to go home, I need to get a COVID test to go through the checkpoint. So by having the AstraZeneca one dose, I'll be able to go over and back now through the checkpoint without having any issues, which it'll be a positive thing for me anyway. But uh, yes, and yesterday, based on actually uh, something I wanted to talk about was the vaccination program in Thailand and from what I saw yesterday. So uh, I was in a small town, a small district. They were vaccinating about a thousand people yesterday and it started around nine o'clock in the morning. And I have to say it was very, very well organized. One of the most and surprising because it's a very small town, you know, and you don't know what you expect when you turn up to get vaccinated in a, a place you're not really familiar with. And I, I found that, yeah, super well organized. They had a system for everything. From arriving, I arrived early, so we have to take some of that time out. Uh, I arrived at about eight o'clock. And if I hadn't had a bad reaction to it, I would have been finished by about 10. So eight to 10, that's two hours. And there was a good, you know, my number was 101. So, you know, you just uh, kind of, it was uh, an interesting experience. It started off with you go up to your registered place, so you're registered already, you present your uh, ID, and in my case, my passport, you're given a form to fill out and tie, which your ID is printed then on the back of it, uh, and your number. Uh, you weigh yourself, you write that in, uh, and then you go and you sit down in the waiting area. And basically how it went was, uh, they just called out the first numbers, 1 to 20, and they would all move from the area to another seated area. They'd sit there waiting, and then they'd be sent over to have their blood pressure taken. 
So you get your blood pressure taken and then you'd move to the next section, which would be to examine the form that you filled out and ask you if you have any underlying diseases, whether or not you're allergic to anything, what medication you're on, etc. So you do that. And then once you get past that, you go and sit in a central area where you just wait. And they've already now taken your sheet of paper with your information on it and your number. And basically they just, they had about 10 vaccination nurses. So they would call out each person by name, not by number, by name. They go through and they call out Mr. Blah, 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 and the next guy. And you just go up and you get your jab. They put a sticker on you then to tell you uh, what time you have you can leave at. So, you know, mine said I can go home at 10.06. That was for my 30-minute observation after getting the jab. And then on your way out, you would pick up your form, which basically had your name, passport number, your social security number, uh, informing whoever it is that you've had your first dose of AstraZeneca, and then informing you when you need to come back for your second. So it was a very efficient uh, setup. And... Uh, I was very, yeah, I was very impressed with it. People were very, very friendly. You know, I didn't get any feeling that people were looking at me because I was a foreigner there. And I will say that I was uh, the only foreigner there. And I can safely say that. Oh no, wait, sorry. There was another guy. There was a, another guy. Yeah, there was two of us, two foreigners in the whole place. So two foreigners out of a thousand people were there. But nobody batted an eyelid at us. They, they, you know, I think everybody realized, you know, we have to get our vaccine. We have to get our vaccine. So it worked out quite well overall. And uh, yeah, as I said, some small reactions, but you know, we got through it. Now, our next story is uh, about Patong itself in Phuket and the plight of some of the workers. As the first day of the Phuket sandbox passed with much fanfare yesterday, Patong remained in the dark and shrouded in uncertainty with its workers continuing to struggle through lack of income. Prime Minister Prayut Chanucha visited Phuket in person yesterday to welcome foreign tourists and left claiming the island should be proud of their mission for the country. Phuket Sambok is not only a matter for Phuket residents, it's about the people of the whole country, so that the country can move forward in accordance with the mission of reopening the country in 120 days, he said. However, business owners and workers in Patong remain cautious and worried, largely due to the fact that most entertainment venues must continue to remain closed. Phuket Provincial Public Relations Chief Busaya Chayapum told the Phuket News Thai language sister newspaper Khao Phuket today that pubs and bars in all areas of Phuket must remain closed until further provincial orders were issued. This was not welcome news for the many workers in the nightlife hub of Patong who have struggled with a lack of income as a result of the enforced closures for well over a year. A woman who wanted to be named only a sow told the newspaper that she used to work as a housekeeper in a small guest house in Patong, but she has been unemployed and has not received any income for over a year. I have not worked full-time for a year. Now I am doing freelance cleaning work. I accept all offers for work, but there are not many offers at the moment, she said. She explained that her former employer has still helped her by letting her stay in staff accommodation and providing food, Sao sharing her accommodation with a co-worker and giving some of her savings to her. If I can help other people, I always do, Sao said. I cannot stand to see anyone become homeless. When I have problems, they may come and help me. However, today I'm satisfied to help others. Elsewhere, a masseuse who worked for a massage shop in front of Patong Beach, who wished to remain anonymous, explained that her income, that used to, that used to total several thousand baht a day, has now become zero. 
She added she has been forced to spend her savings, sell all of her jewellery in order to cover her living costs and survive. I have not provided a massage to anyone for over three weeks, she said. There simply are no customers. Before the pandemic and the, res- and the restrictions, I had customers from all over the world and would receive around 500 per massage plus tips. I've had to sell all my gold jewellery and accessories in order to cover basic living costs, she said. When the local administration organisation opens for registration to receive survival bags, I am one of the people who will not miss the chance. If anyone donates food, I am always in the line to get some because it's a key way to survive. I really hope that the sandbox will bring tourists to Phuket so that we can start to earn some income again, even if it is only for one or two people per day, the lady concluded. As we know that... One of the big issues, I think, and I I touched on this in my last podcast, was the real lack of any kind of government assistance for people. So you shut down entertainment venues and bars and clubs, and you limit the income that anybody can make, let's say in massage shops and whatever, but you don't support them yourself as a government. I believe that's wrong. You're not giving them any other method to make money. And obviously money is the way for people to survive. So without it, these people are doomed. And, you know, you you can't help but feel, you know, feel sorry for these people who have lost so much. And really and truly, the government have a duty of care to these people. And it should be taken more seriously by them. But, you know, they just don't seem to care. They can spend money on this, that and the other that's, you know, insequential that nobody cares about. But to help the general public... And to make sure they're looked after, it just doesn't seem to be a priority for them. It's sad in my opinion. What do you think? And finally, Thailand has been downgraded in US human trafficking report. The United States has downgraded Thailand's attempt to tackle human trafficking with the use of forced labour a major concern. The latest US trafficking in persons report, TIP, demotes Thailand from Tier 2 to the Tier 2 watch list for the first time in four years. The report said less effort had been demonstrated in combating the problem, with forced migrant labour among Washington's main concerns. The government did not demonstrate overall increasing efforts compared to the previous reporting period, even considering the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on its anti-trafficking capacity, the report said. The downgrade is totally against the expectation of the government, which last year started lobbying to be moved up to Tier 1 after three consecutive years on Tier 2. Smugglers, brokers, employers and others exploit Thai and migrant workers in labour trafficking in commercial fishing and related industries, the poultry industry, manufacturing, agriculture, domestic work and street begging, the report said. The foreign minister said it was disappointed by the report, which failed to reflect the progress of these issues made in Thailand. The TIP report, after all, unilaterally makes an evaluation from the US's very own view, by no means represents any international standards, it said in a statement. So <clears throat> this is it's interesting because I think one thing, if you've been in Thailand for the last year, what you've noticed is there is an awful lot of illegal migrant workers being imported to the country. This is how the second wave started in Thailand and how it's continued. Um, it was found that there was a lot of um, people smuggling uh, migrant workers from Myanmar, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, through Thailand to work in the fishing industry and other types of industry around uh, the country. 
And it's no secret because it was publicized for over a year. And it's certainly a lot more than I've ever seen in previous years. So for me, I, I don't know what they're surprised by. Um, I think anybody here could say that the majority of COVID imports have been coming from the very porous border and the smuggling of illegal migrant workers into the country. So, I mean, if you're here and you see that kind of thing and you see an uptick, I think they're not really that surprised. But, you know, as usual, they try to save face by saying that they're, you know, all surprised about it. But uh, I'm not. And I don't think a lot of people are either. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.